Welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, where we empower you with the answers to your burning questions to accelerate your career into the sports industry. We are your hosts, Melbourne-based sports administrators, Ruben Williams and Ryan Walker. Join us as we share unique and personal examples as well as relatable information and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free episodes. Want to swipe our signature framework to add awesome experience to your resume? Download our free ebook, Four Steps to Create Outstanding Work Experience in Sport, at sportsgrad.com.au. Now sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest episodes released every Tuesday and Thursday. Welcome to the SportsGrad Podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. Today, we're bringing you a bonus episode to chat through the SportsGrad backstory, as well as how redundancy can be a huge opportunity. With Ruben featuring in not only one, but two newspapers this week, I thought I'd sit down with him especially to chat through the last few months and what made him share his story. Mr. Print Media, how are you today? <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Uh, I'm, I'm very well. Uh, it's a great day to be recording. It's very sunny outside. It's a nice to be chatting to you in, in Torquay. Still a shame that we can't uh, record in the flesh, but um, no, very happy on this Sunday afternoon. Dead right, mate. The, the weather is looking fabulous outside. I would love to be out there with you, um, but luckily we can uh, we can sit on Zoom and uh, and get this done. But first question I, I want to raise with you was what what made you write um, the article on LinkedIn, which has sparked so much interest over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, it's been it's been pretty cool. Um, I guess the, the reception that it's that it's received and some of the positive feedback that um, has come with it. There's been a lot of nice messages, which has just been awesome, and a lot of interest around how SportsGrad kind of came together. And I guess that was probably the main reason for for writing the article um, is that you see a lot of uh, businesses or podcasts or other ideas, you know, come together and um, just presented um, as they are. Um, and I kind of thought this this is a good opportunity to to show shed a bit of insight into what goes in behind the scenes, into um you know into what it takes to kind of build a couple of things up to the point where they're ready to release to the rest of the world. And um, so yeah, from one point of view, it was a, it was an opportunity to share the backstory into what goes into SportsGrad, the podcast, and the business. Um, and then I guess you know there was a part for myself that um you know I really wanted to kind of. Keep, keep a recount of this period. It's, it was a pretty unique period uh, in time for myself to uh, to move away down to the coast and to work on something. So over the years, like when I go traveling, I would try and take a travel journey, but I'm terrible at sticking to them. And so I always, you know, I always start with the hope that, oh, yeah, I'm going to write a daily diary and I'm going to come home and in 10 years' time, I'm going to read about how I trekked across Croatia and into Montenegro and I'll read back on all the stories that I had along the way. Um, but they never they never get completed, and so um, you know, for myself, I just kind of wanted to put pen to paper a bit to write a bit about uh, what happened during the period, how I felt during the period, um, just as something to kind of look back on as a um, you know unique period in my life. So yeah, that's that was kind of my motivation to 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 write it as a bit of a recount for myself and and to shed light into what goes into producing something like sports grad. Uh, and how do you feel about being basically put into two newspapers, not only the Geelong Advertiser, but I believe one in Adelaide as well? Yeah, the uh, the Adelaide Advertiser picked it up <laughs> oh. as well. I, th- I think um, 
I think News Corp um, just kind of spread it far and wide. But I um, yeah, I saw that the Adelaide Advertiser were one of the main ones that picked it up as well. So I had a um, had a few people you know send me a couple of links from from the Adelaide Advertiser, which uh, which was a surprise. I knew, I knew the Geelong Advertiser got hold of it, um, but didn't didn't think it would make it to Adelaide anyway. Yeah. Um, News travels fast. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um, but it was cool. It was it was very cool. It was like yeah, awesome to see that the Geelong advertiser took interest in the story. Um, so obviously specific to the surf coast and the area that they cover. Um, and then um, hopefully it also provided a bit of positive news during a period where everything's pretty doom and gloom at the moment. Um, so to kind of uh, to see it in the paper was was pretty surreal. I you know I didn't think I'd end up posing on the ground on a beach on half a page of um, real estate within a within a newspaper um, talking about you know moving to the beach to start a business. So to see uh, myself featured in, in a newspaper was was, was very cool. Like um, um, yeah, something to write home about and be like, hey mum, look, I'm I'm in the paper today. How check this out. <laughs> yeah. Now, the, the photo is something else, so I will come back to that later. Um, but I just wanted to, to sort of ask you, what what were some of the, the things you learned about yourself um, going through this period and, and sort of shifting down to lawn and, and sort of going through such a an unknown sort of period in your life where you're not sure what's going to come next? Mm, yeah, no, I, I learned plenty. Um, and, yeah, just on that, when you, when you think about um, – uh, you, you, exactly right. When you don't know what's going to come next, and you try and take a risk and do something new, and it comes off, it gives you a bit of confidence that should circumstances not go your way in the future, you feel like you've got history to suggest that you can do it again. So, in terms of like um, just a bit of confidence, my own ability to handle any situation that's thrown at me, I think that was a that was a, a real positive thing that I learned about myself. Um. um but like you know, aside from that, um, you know, my main purpose going down there was to work on sports grad, which had been a little um, passion project that had been, um, you know, eating away at the back of my mind for a long period of time now, and felt like I'd either needed to uh, cast it aside, get rid of it, um, and let myself focus on some other things, or actually deal with it properly and and put it, some time and energy into it. So I knew that uh, you know, if it did get a bit of a love and attention, it would could be a good thing um however you know over the over the years the reason why i didn't was because i'm not the best at focusing at one thing at a time and so (laughs) why call you a bounding labrador mate you love to (laughs) run around and do lots of things that's right there's so many things that out there to do so um uh so that that became one of the biggest things i learned about myself is that um is what i need to focus at the time and so you know, moving out of Melbourne to live by yourself is a pretty extreme way to focus on something. Um, but like the, the reality is, when you like when you try and work in a business in a share house that's only got, you know, you, your bedroom to to work, it's quite easy to get distracted. And, and if your workstation becomes your bedroom, then you know, um, it's not the best environment to get things done. And even if you just want to go to the kitchen to grab a glass of water and grab a bite to eat. You got to walk through someone playing video games in in the living room, and there'll be a housemate there to chat in the kitchen as well. And there's just so many things that to get you um, sidetracked or distracted, which um, which are all well and good. 
Um, but it takes a lot of kind of mental energy just to kind of pull yourself away and stick to that task. And so even just like just physically removing the walls between, um, you know, from where I worked um, to the kitchen just to get a glass of water was a huge thing. So the place I had in Lawn um, was a studio set up. So my bedroom was my lounge room, was my kitchen, was my office, but it was a bit more spread out. So I feel like I could just bounce around and jump back on the computer and then go do something else and, and then come back to it and there wouldn't be as many distractions. And so um, I kind of found out what environment I needed to focus um, but then outside of that, I kind of realized what other things I don't need as well in my life that don't make a massive impact and all they do is kind of take away from my attention. So one of the things I did when I was down there was switch off all TV, news and media. I was still still on social media, still checking LinkedIn every now and again, still checking Instagram, but um, um, like, you know, was completely unaware of the coronavirus situation because I just did not have, you know, the, the nightly news on. Um, and kind of thought, you know, if anything bad is going to happen, then someone's going to tell me over text. Like there'll be a group message that I'll find out by, but I don't need to watch half an hour, an hour of news every single night because this is going to add more things to, to worry about. So switching off all media allowed me to really focus too. Um, and I guess identify some of the things that just take my attention away from what I actually want to do. Um, you mentioned earlier that I do like to do a lot of things and try or every opportunity. In Melbourne, there's, you know, when the situation was normal, there was an opportunity to do something all the time, every single week and every single night. And I would get FOMO a lot of the time and find it hard to say no to opportunities and say, even just to say to my friends, no, I can't hang out tonight because I need to do this. When I was down in Lawn, there was no, like, I couldn't physically attend these events. So it was was a no-brainer that, like, all right, I can't go to this event that's come up and at the time, you know, things were starting to go back to normal and I, you know, wasn't around for the first gatherings when people were starting to get back together. But in my mind, that was, that was that was fine because I knew I would see my friends at some point in time. I knew I'd catch up with them um, when I was ready. But at this point in time, I really just wanted to, to focus on sports grads. So it, it taught me that I didn't need to attend every single event and that it is okay to say no to things and stick to what you really want to work on. And that was sports grad. But I only realized that by being forced to not go to those events. Um, But I found since I've got back to Melbourne that there are things that have come up and I've found it quite easy to say no to those events because I know what I really want to do. And that's work on the podcast or work on sports grad, the business side of things, knowing full well that even if I miss this event, I'm not going to, you know, it's not going to cost my relationship with my friends. I'm still going to see them at a later stage. I'll still hear about what's happened. I just don't need to be there every single time. Um, so I guess the major learning for myself was understanding how to cut out distractions and how to um, say no to certain things and how to um, stay focused on what I truly believed was important at the time. Very good and lengthy answer. I love it. Um, my my last uh, question before I, I ask about the photo um, was I, I can imagine and I, I haven't even told you I'm going to ask this question, but I envision and what I what I know has, has sort of gone through your head at times is um, the doubt or, you know, can I, can I pull this off? Can this work? 
am I using my time effectively? You know, is this going to work long term? How did you sort of deal with that doubt um, to be able to, you know, smash through that and and come out the other side, um, mm. you know, reaching that goal that you, you were looking for? Yeah, yeah, there was there was plenty of doubt um, at a lot of different stages, um, you know, particularly early on when I'm tr- even tossing up going down to lawn um, and, you know, doubling my rent during a period when I had just been stood down from work and my income had been slashed. Um, so Makes sense. Um, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Um, and I just bought a road bike as well. So, um, you know, all my discretionary spending habits were not matching that of my work status. <laughs> um, so even, even little things like that, like, you know, Ruben, are you sure you should be spending this much when a t- at a time when it's things are so uncertain, you don't know what your job's going to be like in the future? Um, and are you, are you sure you should be working on something that you don't know can be a successful thing? Um, you know, should you try and, you know, make up for lost time and money in, in other ways? Um, but I knew that I knew that this was something that I was passionate about and was a unique opportunity to do. And one of the things that I always wanted to do in my life was to run my own business and, and work for myself. And that, so here was an opportunity to really do that. And uh, one of the one of the funny thoughts that I've kind of had uh, for a little while is based around you know what what's the absolute worst that could happen in this situation. I think um, something that's really stuck with me is the fact that we are like so incredibly lucky and privileged to. Um, just to live in Melbourne and to have, you know, s- supportive families who can keep us up if we need to. And so the thought that it was in my mind as a as a privileged white male growing up in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne was that it, the worst thing that could happen is that I end up back at my parents' house in Surrey Hills and, you know, I end up, you know, living there for a bit. So there's no way that if this falls short, I'm going to end up homeless or, you know, my life's going to be a total disaster. Like the worst is seriously an awesome situation for a lot of people around the world. And so that kind of just made me feel like, well, what, you know, why am I not taking a risk on this? If the worst that can happen is a pretty good situation, why wouldn't I actually give it a, a real hot crack? Um, so that was kind of like, you know, the initial doubt of actually moving down there. And then along the way, there was just like, there are lots of doubts around, you know, what's the right decision to make here? What should I be doing here? How do I decide on what the end goal is? Um, even things on, you know, I think I mentioned in the article posting a video to to LinkedIn and one of the, um, I think I read some a quote somewhere that said, um, you, it was about controlling fear. And it was like, you, when, when you know, when you t- start to face fear, that's when, that's when you control it. And so I was like, all right, I might, test that out and so I posted a video to LinkedIn I was like oh actually that wasn't so bad and people seem to like it so so there are lots of doubts but then once you try and just you know grit your teeth bite through it and it comes off you get a bit of confidence from that and so you start to do it more and more and so one of the things I tried to do was just kind of acknowledge every single point that I would have a bit of self-doubt whether that was to call up a certain individual to ask for help and just really nut out, all right, why, why am I doubting myself right now? Why do I actually, why am I thinking that this is going to be a bad thing? Um, and then I'd just kind of process it and be like, actually, you know what? The likely situation here is a positive one. Go and do it, would do it, it would turn out well. And then that would give me confidence to, to go and try the next thing. So going through a process of acknowledging every bit of self-doubt and then working through it and then doing it just kind of 
gave me a lot of confidence that snowballed over over a period of time to um to really um handle anything that that came up down there but you're right there was there were plenty of moments of, of self-doubt right from the decision to move down all the way through the entire process of, of building it up and, and launching the podcast and the business so um yeah like it, it's a huge thing that holds a lot of people back and has held me back in the past but i think just by acknowledging it and working through it um it's easily overcome yeah good one mate and uh to finish off we've, we've got a chat about the photo um if you know for those listening if you haven't seen it um i think you'd almost just have to search your name um but there is a photo of you posing laying on the grass um in the newspaper and i'm just sort of wondering sort of where that came from was it was it the film crew getting you to do that or was that just sort of played on your own bat <laughs> Yeah, so I had a. <laughs> I was hanging out with my housemate Isaac on that day, and um, we, uh, yeah, we just went for a, a walk at, at sunset and um, thought, wow, this is a pretty good backdrop going on at the moment. So we decided to whip the the phone out. I think he had portrait mode on his fancy iPhone 11 Pro as well, and so um, we just had a bit of fun mucking around with this lovely sunset backdrop, and one of them. Ended up with me lying down on my side. <laughs> um, perfect opportunity, and, uh, yeah. Perfect opportunity to showcase a beautiful lawn beach and the sunset and the Great Ocean Road and everything in between. And so then uh, the Geelong advertiser, the reporter who I was talking with, said, like, Ruben, can you send me a can you send me a photo from your time down in lawn? I didn't have too many photos from down there, particularly of myself, because I, I was down there on my own. So so Isaac, when Isaac was down there and he was taking these photos, that was only that was one of the few photos I actually had of me in lawn. And um, so I think it was, it was a toss up between a photo of you know me standing still on the beach and me lying down on my side on the grass in front of the beach. And I sent both both of them to uh, to Natalie, the Geelong advertiser the reporter, and she picked the one lying on the side and. And it ended up with half a page spread in in the newspaper. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, funny how that photo ended up in that place. But yeah, one of a few photos of myself because no one else was around to take them of me. Yeah, well, it's an absolute cracker. Um, and luck- <laughs> luckily, it was taken because I couldn't think of a better photo to uh, to have a half page spread uh, in the newspaper. <laughs> so. Um, I'll leave it there, mate. Um, thank you for shedding some light into your, I guess, your your life in the last few months, and um, and well done on on getting featured in uh, in the newspaper, not one but two. Um, and I'm now <laughs> calling you Mr. Print Media. Um, so thank you for joining me in this bonus episode. A reminder to uh, our listeners: please rate, review, and subscribe. It means a lot and uh, will enable me to keep doing bonus episodes of Ruben. So uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the SportsGrad podcast. If you need help with your sports career, head to sportsgrad.com.au and download our free ebook today. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please give us a tag on socials at SportsGrad. 